Why is Barbara Streisand her theme song? Barbara Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the actual sport. My name's Mike Schubert, and joined with me, as always, is my beautiful co-host, Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going? Oh, thank you. That made me feel so nice about myself and my appearance. Yeah, well, you know, it's summertime, summer vibes, got things going. I'm sure you're looking wonderful and tan and all that good stuff, getting that sun-kissed skin and hair. I look extremely tan, and I now have blonde hair, and this is an audio medium, and you cannot tell it different. I look amazing. <laughs> you know, it's it's really good. I'm glad you're bringing back Frosted Tips. So we are here in this particular episode to get through the doldrums of the worst part of the NBA season when nothing is going on. Even Summer League is over. Nothing is happening right now. So we wanted to kick off the podcast here with full court press. Get it? Like press? Uh, the news that we are going to be discussing. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to do it every time, even when people already get the joke. No, no, I agree. I <laughs> so we are going to do a quick little wrap-up of everything that happened in free agency over the summer. We specifically waited until it was over because new things kept happening all the time. So let's kick it off with the most obvious and easily the biggest news of free agency, which is that LeBron James... LeBron James! Le LeBron James signed with the Los Angeles Lakers and did not return to his hometown Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, I want to say first, Mike... Who mm -hmm. in your life told you that LeBron James was going to sign with the Lakers? You? It was me, Eric Silver. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this was somewhat of a foregone conclusion by a lot of people, but you did call the shot. This is what I'm going to edit in the part where we, we recorded before, where we said like, oh man, I wonder where LeBron's going to go, and then this is where it's going to go. You're really good at predicting things. Oh, um, yeah. You know me. <laughs> I think that we should figure out where we think LeBron's going to go. I, it, it's so hard to tell. It's either going to be Cleveland or L.A. Yeah. And part of me just thinks it's going to be Cleveland. I think it's going to be L.A. Okay. I really do. <laughs> so, yes, as you predicted, he went to Los Angeles. A lot of people thought he would do this. Basically, by going to Los Angeles, he has sent two messages. One weirdly that he kind of has admitted defeat to the Warriors, which we saw last year where he did all that he could do in an improbable finals run throughout the playoffs. He killed it and was not able to win a single game against them in the finals. And then the other part is that he's just kind of focused on things more so than just trying to win a title every year. He moved to Los Angeles because his family wants to be there. His son just enrolled in a really good high school in Los Angeles that has a very good basketball program. If he's in Los Angeles, he can continue to build his empire and build his brand. He has always said that he wants to be one of the owners of the league. He wants to be a billionaire. He wants to learn from Magic Johnson. So he signed with Los Angeles for a multi-year deal, which he has not done for a very long time. This is bad news for us because now Laker fans are going to be obnoxious again, and that's never fun. I'm excited for all of the Laker <laughs> fans to have to deal with the fact that Kobe Bryant and LeBron James are both good, and they're going to have to choose one of them. I think the choice is obvious. I think LeBron is far superior to Kobe. That's true, and we are rational people, but the Lakers fans are like 
internally combusting. It's this weird thing where Laker fans would always kind of back up Kobe in who's the greatest conversations because it would always be, is it LeBron or MJ? And then Laker fans would say, oh, what about Kobe? Now, what are those people going to say when LeBron's on their team? It's interesting. It's very interesting, especially because LeBron's in the twilight of his career. But a very nice twilight. Like, it's twilight and there's like fairy lights in your backyard. (laughs) I think the most important thing about this is that LeBron mm-hmm. being in LA means that he can work on Space Jam 2 Electric Boogaloo. It's funny that you mention Space Jam 2 because word on the street is that the trailer for Space Jam 2 was going to arrive after LeBron made his free agency decision because maybe it has implications of what team he is on when it starts filming. I don't know how this works, but maybe that trailer is coming soon. It better be. Uh, Are we going to have to like live stream it when we watch Space Jam 2? Are we going to have an entire section of the podcast when Space Jam 2 has any sort of news? Here's my thought process is that obviously this podcast is going to sweep the nation and is going to become the most popular podcast on the entire Internet. It already is. We don't even know. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Look at that. We did it. So take that cereal. (laughs) Is cereal still number one? I don't know. I just want to stick it to Sarah Koenig. (laughs) By the time Space Jam 2 comes out, we're going to be on the tier of people that will get the press copy and then we can just watch it in the comfort of our own homes and talk about it rather than have to go to a theater uh, with humans. Uh. We don't even want to be in Space Jam 2. We just want to watch it comfortably. Speak for yourself. I want to be in Space Jam 2. Are you kidding me? I'm, <laughs> I want to be the Wayne Knight character because he's very essential okay. to the business dealings of it. I want to be the playground kid that yells at the star who gets their things at. You ain't Chris Stapp's Porzingis. You're just some bum that looks like him. We uh, do say I'm, that all the time. <laughs> I don't. I love Chris Stapp so much. But I'm living in a world where Chris Stapp's is in Space Jam 2. That's My true. dream fantasy. Anyway. I'm Char- Wait, no. I'm recasting myself. I'm Charles Barkley. Uh, I mean, he'll be in the movie, I'm sure. Just in his current capacity as some sort of broadcaster type. I'm going to be Charles Barkley, though. Oh, I'm going to be I'm, playing Charles Barkley as a... He's going to be like, wow, why is Charles Barkley so much smaller? It's because it's me, Eric Silver, playing Charles Barkley. <laughs> um, you know, that'll go really well. I'm sure no one will notice. No. So in addition to getting LeBron James, the Lakers signed a lot of other notable names, but not notable in the good sense like LeBron. They got a cast of characters that honestly looks like they're trying to very quickly run LeBron James out of town. Yeah. One of the first signings that they did was Lance Stevenson, LeBron James's sworn enemy. <laughs> Good. No, Mike, please refresh me. Why is Lance Stevenson LeBron James' sworn enemy? It all began in the 2014 NBA playoffs when the Indiana Pacers were facing off against the Miami Heat. Lance Stevenson's a very feisty player, and he was trying to get in the head of LeBron, who he was defending. And while the Heat were about to inbound a ball, Lance Stevenson was standing next to LeBron James. They were both crouched over, and Lance turns his face to LeBron's ear and just blows in it somewhat seductively. So that's what started all of it. And then just throughout any time that Lance Stevenson and LeBron James have played against each other, Lance has done things to try to get in LeBron's head. And recently, in this year's playoffs that just finished, Lance was successful and got LeBron James to shove him out of the way, earning LeBron James a technical foul. So they have had very recent run-ins of not lugging each other. Lance doing obnoxious things like stealing the ball from him even though the play was dead and then holding it over his head in succession. But... The Lakers signed Lance right after they got LeBron. <laughs> I feel like this entire like situation is so that LeBron can feel comfortable and he can just like live his life. So it's like, oh man, there's this guy who keeps blowing in my ear. Can he just like 
not be on the other team. Can we do something about that? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I guess we can just sign him. Yeah, we have $6 million. It's fine. Then they signed Rajon Rondo, who I don't know if you've seen the picture that has been surfacing the internet, but when Rondo was on the Celtics, he took a picture with a fan at a restaurant. It was a girl wearing a shirt that said LeBron is a bitch. And there's a picture of Rondo pointing to it with this fan. We'll put a link to this on the website if you go to horsehoops.com for the episode description so you can see it. That's a fun thing that went around once they signed Rondo. They don't necessarily have a bad history, but I don't I've never gotten any sort of sense that they like each other. Yeah, there's a photo of me <laughs> floating around the internet, which is me pointing to someone who's wearing a shirt that says Shubes is extremely dumb. And oh, no. from like 2013, <laughs> which is crazy. It also says Vine <laughs> is bad. Before you even knew who I was. It says Vine is bad on the shirt as well. <gasps> How dare you? On the you? other side, the person turned around and it says Vine is bad on the back. So probably in the biggest news, aside from the LeBron saga, was the Kawhi saga, which was way worse and far more dramatic. So Kawhi Leonard, for some reason, decided that he hated the Spurs with all of his heart and soul and was not going to play with them this year. And he really wanted to be traded to Los Angeles, where he is from. What did Greg Popovich do? He did the exact opposite of what Kawhi wanted and traded him to the Toronto Raptors, which is the farthest team away from the Los Angeles Lakers and the entire National Basketball Association. <laughs> it's so good because not only is the trade pretty fair, this is like when you want to go on vacation and you bother your parents so much and you're like, oh man, I want to go to like Hawaii or I want to go to Aruba and just like hang out on the beach. And your parents are like, nope, we're going to go see the largest beat in the entire universe. Ooh, big old beat. <laughs> this largest beat. Yeah, so the official trade was Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green to Toronto, and then Toronto traded DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and a protected first-round pick that'll either be a first-round pick or two second-round picks. It's, like, not a bad trade. It's not necessarily the smartest trade for the Spurs in that, like, they didn't get a bunch of young prospects or draft picks or whatever. But given the Spurs situation, which is that Greg Popovich, who is easily the most esteemed coach in the league— I think it's pretty well known. He's probably only going to coach for a couple more years. I think his plan is to coach for about two more seasons, then coach the United States men's basketball team in the Olympics, and then retire because he's getting up there in age. So I think for the Spurs, it kind of made sense as a, we still want to be relevant. We know we're not going to win, but at least you swap out DeMar DeRozan in. And really, Kawhi Leonard didn't play much at all last year and they still won 47 games so in theory you have the Spurs who had no leverage because Kawhi's only got one year left on his deal and a lot of teams do not want to trade anything of value for a guy that's been going meh I really want to play for a team in Los Angeles like people don't want to trade stuff because you trade him he gets on your team then one year later he leaves and you've traded away good assets for that so it's uh it's like the the fact that San Antonio is able to trade him when they had almost no leverage and still get a pretty good package in return is pretty impressive. So shout out to them. But anti shout out to the Toronto Raptors. Anti shout out. <laughs> like a whisper in. Is that Jeez. the opposite of a shout out? Uh, <laughs> Cheers and jeers. <laughs> a whisper in to the Raptors for trading DeMar DeRozan because it was a big dick move. They apparently 
told him that they were not going to be trading him, which was a big lie. And the real situation is that the Raptors throughout their entire existence have had a history of having young star players that get very talented and good at basketball, but then they don't want to play for the Raptors anymore. You saw this with Tracy McGrady. You saw this with Vince Carter. You saw this with Chris Bosh. And now they finally have this young star player who's all in, who loves the city, who loves the team, who loves the fans, who, who, if he wasn't traded, honestly would have played the rest of his career there. And how do the Raptors reward him? They trade him for a dude that might either A, be seriously injured, or B, leave after a year. There are so many things that are like buried down deep here. So first of all, I love Toronto. When I said that mm-hmm. they were the massive beat, like I want to go see that massive beat and hang out there all the time. Toronto's a fun city. It's really fun. And Drake is like Bad fine. at rapping. It's pretty bad at rapping. <laughs> so I love Toronto. They are like a top five media market. And did you know there's Canadian Sports Center? It's Sports Center that's on TSN, which is the Toronto Sports Network. I was really hoping that instead of ESPN, it was called ASPN. Ha 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 ha! I'm gonna let you Good. sit in that for a second. <laughs> I just want you to sit there. So (laughs) since the Raptors are doing better than the Maple Leafs, they're under a ton of scrutiny. This is also the only basketball team in Canada. So you are literally Mm -hmm. carrying an entire country on your back. So I wonder if they can convince Kawhi. If this is what Kawhi really wants, he wants to be wanted, or if he just wants to go to L.A., I guess that's kind of up for debate. He's going to have to deal with getting like some severe limelight, even if it's a place where he doesn't think is actually that great. Yeah, it's a weird situation because Kawhi Leonard is notorious for not saying a lot and being very quiet and not talking. So it's very hard to predict what he actually wants, because even in this whole saga that dragged out for the entire offseason where he was complaining that he didn't want to be with the Spurs and he didn't like that they botched his injury situation and they didn't believe him when he thought he was more hurt than they did. And they were saying he should play. And he said, no, I'm too hurt to play. The thing is, all of the news was never coming from actual Kawhi Leonard. It was always coming from people in his team or his camp or his agent or whatever. It was never actually Kawhi Leonard doing an interview. So we have all this weird speculation that's been going on for months. But Kawhi Leonard has never said a single quote. So it's very hard to understand what he wants because he's so quiet. Does he want attention? I feel like he doesn't actually want attention. So I'm not sure. No one knows why he's doing all this. If he doesn't want attention, he has done a very bad job because he has made so much drama and now the entire city of San Antonio dislikes him. Uh, that's a big city. So he's got lots of attention now. <laughs> he didn't, <laughs> didn't do a good job. I don't want any attention. Let me just be really dramatic for four months. Ooh, poor Ooh. decision. Ooh. Two last things. One, did you know that Texas doesn't? Oh, you of course you know because you went to school in Texas. Texas doesn't have income tax. It does not. But you know who does have a lot of income tax? Toronto, Canada. The entire country of Canada. He's losing out on a ton of money from but not being on this person anymore. does he make it back with his free health care? He will have free health care, <laughs> which is good because he has a pre-existing condition. And he yeah. can go to do... Oh, wait. Whoa. Maybe this is the reasoning behind all of this is that this whole debacle at San Antonio is because of an injury. Maybe <laughs> him being on the Raptors is good because now he's got free health care. So he can just go to the doctor all the time. That's good. <laughs> this is high-level deep state stuff. Kawhi Leonard <laughs> wanted to go to Toronto so that they could deal with his health care situation. Because <laughs> that was the problem. His medical bills are too high. Exactly. Mike, do you think that Kawhi Leonard owns a winter coat? No, because he's a robot. 
<laughs> all right, there you go. There was a picture during all of this when, um, like all of this situation where he was trying to figure out what team he wanted to go do, blah, blah, blah. There was something a couple of months ago where they took a picture of him. He was in New York and the rumors were that he was meeting with people from the Lakers front office. And there was a picture of him walking into an office and he was wearing the game shorts from the Spurs, like the uniform shorts. So <laughs> I'm not convinced that Kawhi Leonard owns any other clothes aside from the clothes that the teams give him. Like when they give him all the athletic wear and the free stuff and the warm-ups stuff he just got rid of his other clothes and thought oh well i've got this new stuff i don't need any of these old things <laughs> oh Kawhi leonard is like an extremely powerful npc in a video game who just like <laughs> follows your party around like in skyrim he's like your companion so it's like uh-huh. if you don't explicitly give him things he'll just like run into a dragon with a sword and wearing no pants <laughs> no Kawhi, you need to take the better sword and shield what are you doing So that is the free agency wrap-up horse edition where we just talk about the stuff that has funny implications. So Space Jam (laughs) 2. And now we're going to move on to our next segment, which, Eric, you've got a fun little story for us under the segment we like to call That Actually Happened. Wow, that actually happened. So the way that we are doing this now that it's episode two, Mike prepares two segments and I prepare one segment, and I'm always going to do the second segment. I'm the Eric... Sandwich. You're the Eric meat in the Mike bread sandwich. Exactly. In the Shubes sandwich. <laughs> Shubes bread? Sounds, Shubes bread. That yeah, sounds like sounds... something that you can only buy at like, not even Whole Foods. It's like a Whole Foods Ooh. subsidiary market. Oh, it's like a the step up Whole Foods. Like... Oh, no, it's like the experimental kitchen of Whole Foods. <gasps> oh, yeah. You have to go into the beyond section of Whole Foods. Yeah. Can I, um, can I just. <laughs> the beyond section of Whole Foods? Well, like, but beyond. No, I got that. <laughs> But that was very, I just like that a lot. That was very good. So I am going to do... That actually happened. What? That actually happened. Whoa, that actually happened. We, we need jingles. <laughs> Someone read us jingles. We are not very musically talented. Mike, can you believe that in 1979, mm-hmm. the Nuggets hired a witch named Roberta to curse the Pacers during game five of the 1979 ABA <laughs> Western Divisional Finals. Are you sure it's Roberta and not Rosemurta, a la Madame Rosemurta from Harry Potter? No, I'm pretty sure it's Roberta. <laughs> okay, I... Wait, let me check if everything's Harry Potter. Nope, uh, <laughs> not everything is Harry Potter. I'm sorry. That's a good keyboard fully. I hope you didn't stop the recording when you no, hit all those No, I'm really buttons. good at doing fully and hacking into the mainframe. So, no, I cannot believe this. Please tell me the whole story. Okay, I need so to know about this. I saw this back in April because mm-hmm. uh, a Twitter user named Ariana Linarski posted this on that night when it happened. It turns out that she did some digging on a site called Remember the ABA. Okay. And I was going to read this to you. <laughs> You're going to see what happens. Okay, okay. sure. The bizarre-looking witch put a spell on the entire Pacers team during pregame warm-ups, including a pensive Darnell Hillman. She cast a special curse on George McGinnis, using a life-size cutout of Big George and a smoking cauldron at midcourt. Oh my gosh. During the game, she even spent some quality time behind the Pacers bench, casting even more spells. Oh my goodness. When you think about the ABA, you think about like... Dr. J, Big Dunks, Giant Afro. What was the movie with Will Ferrell where he played basketball as Jackie Moon? Uh, Semi-Pro. Semi-Pro, yes. That was like supposed to be about the ABA. It was super goofy. They were like the street ball. It's not like They were ball. the more entertainment-focused league. They were the ones that invented the dunk contest yes. and stuff like that. They were more about the spectacle of basketball, whereas the NBA before the merger took place was very much, we play basketball and it is a sport. The ABA was more fun. The merger made what the NBA is the NBA because you 
took the fun element from the ABA. So first of all, I want to say that this actually happened. If you go into Sports Illustrated archive Uh all the way back to April 1979, covering this playoff game, there is a reference to Roberta. Now, no one can be sure if her name is Roberta or... Rosemurta. Not Rosemurta. Uh. Robata, the Rent-A-Witch. I, I, Roberta makes way more sense. It does. And her name <laughs> might have been Roberta. But yeah. in the Smarts Illustrated article, they call her Robota, R-O-B-O-T-A, the Rent-A-Witch. <laughs> because Rent-A-Witch is exactly what I want to know in my yellow pages when I need to call up someone who does rituals. Sometimes you got to curse your neighbor for growing their grass out too long. You got to do what you got to do sometimes. You just got to... <laughs> You gotta know what her deal is. And I'm gonna show you these photos. The photos are crazy. She looks intimidating. She's playing the part. She's wearing, like, you know, the black frock, and she had a broom and a cauldron nice. accordingly. I mean, necessary if items. If you're gonna be a witch, you might as well, like, look the part. Yeah, go all out. <laughs> I wanna know how she convinced the the Denver Nuggets to hire her. Like, I guess she's the Rent-A-Witch, so they did just call her up in the Yellow Pages. This is, like, the, the most figure to you make it ever. It's like, hey, are you a witch? Yes. Yes, Yes, I I have a a broom and a cauldron. I'm also a woman, so I have (laughs) magic. And I float if you put me in water. Don't don't ask me to do any of these things, but I'm telling you, I will hear you. This is what I want to know. Did she come in with... I guess not a PowerPoint because it was back in time, but maybe a projector screen of, <laughs> of proof of like, someone called me in to do this. And then I cursed them so that their neighbor's dog would shut up. Then the dog never barked again. Ooh. What's your name? Roberta? Robo- Robota? Ro- no, it's Roberta. Robo- I heard Robota. Robota. <laughs> I'm going to call you Robota. The reason why she was called in is mm-hmm. because the Denver Nuggets were losing their playoff series and they had kind of run out of steam. So they brought in the witch to curse the big man, <laughs> Big George. Naturally. You know big, you've heard of Big George. Yeah, Large George. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely Large George so that he would play basketball less good. The reason why they turned to the dark arts is because the Indiana Pace Throughout the mid 70s, had a magical mascot of their own. Wait, so the Nuggets got a witch to use against the Pacers, who also had a magical mascot? Yeah. Who? What was their magical mascot? His name was Dancing Harry. <laughs> Doesn't sound super magical. It was pretty magical. But I'm on board already. So it's like the Nuggets had run out of options. They're like, man, they're kicking our butts because they have get hexes from this guy named Dancing Harry. So they try to pull out all the stops, even magic, to win the playoffs, but they lose terribly in game five. <laughs> Wait, I need to know more about Dancing Harry. Well, it just so happens. <laughs> I did research. Thank goodness. There is an Indie Star article from April 19th, 2016, all about Dancing Harry. So this is actually kind of really involved. <laughs> <laughs> the heck started one night when Dancing Harry was watching the Baltimore Bullets play. He did a dance and a whammy just because he felt like it. People liked it, so he did some more. <laughs> then he became like a cult figure for the Baltimore Bullets. Okay. But then he got close to star guard Earl Monroe. Mm-hmm. Monroe got Who traded. Who ended up playing for my beloved New York Knicks. That's actually what I'm going to say next. He got traded during the 71 series. Mm-hmm. So then Cooper moved to New York so he could keep dancing at Madison Square Garden oh. in 71 and 72. Oh, I'm so glad this guy was on my team. <laughs> so then Earl Monroe was like, oh, man, you should just come. So he gave him free tickets. But then the New York Knicks caught wind that this was happening. And the Knicks told Dancing Harry to stop 
dancing and he couldn't perform at the games. Oh, no. So what kind of dances are we talking about here? I don't know. Okay. Just like, I just hear shimmy and whammy. That's uh-huh. all I got. Did he do them at particular times or would it just be randomly throughout the game? He didn't do it just when the other team was shooting free throws to try to get him to miss or something like that? I think it was when the teams were down. This was oh, like a motivation. This was like putting thing. on the rally cap or like the, when the Angels had the rally monkey. It's right. something dumb and silly to try to get the team back but into the game. But it's magic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Did he ever explicitly say that it's magic? They just called it hexes. Okay. I don't know. Okay, I'm not okay. sure. So it's not that he says, hello, my name is Danson Harry and I'm a warlock. It's just that. I mean, he there might is have, the... <laughs> though, to get in. He's like, hey, here's my friend Earl Monroe. I have magic powers. <laughs> You're a wizard, Danson Harry. <gasps> Harry, holy shit, have we not made the joke that his name is Harry? Well, because uh, I don't know. Harry only... Potter. Oh, my gosh. I hate it so much. Okay. the best thing in the world. So then the Knicks told him not to do it anymore. But then the Knicks started losing a bunch in the 71 season. Uh People in the crowd yelled for Danson Harry to do some magic. So he jumped up and went to the edge of the court. And I remember the fans in Madison Square Garden went wild. And so did the Knicks offense. They made a dramatic comeback to win. Okay. I don't know if you are aware of this, but I know this as a beloved Knicks fan. They won the NBA championship that year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they won in 1972. So Danson Harry was integral in their winning of one of their only two NBA finals yeah. trophies. Yeah, he was a huge deal. <laughs> like the he, sixth man. <laughs> yeah, he was a fixture at Knicks games, and then he was known outside of Madison Square Garden. Oh my he goodness. did ads for New York businesses, including <gasps> a chain of shoe stores called Sneaker Circus, which is a very good name for a <laughs> shoe store. really good. That's so much better than Foot Locker. No, <laughs> Sneaker Circus. <laughs> It's the three rings of savings. <laughs> so as you can imagine, the Knicks' ownership never really warmed to him. So after the 73-74 season, he was told not to come back. <laughs> so then Danson Harry was looking for another team to support. He... Wait, the, 70, the 74 was their other championship. <gasps> the Knicks have never won an NBA final the since they Dance got rid Harry. of Danson Harry. It's the curse of Danson Harry. Oh We're bringing it back. <laughs> the curse of Danson Harry. What have we done? Oh, my God. Okay. So, <sighs> Danson Harry was then looking for a new team to support. He would try to do his thing at a Long Island Nets game, but they never really warmed to him. So, let's fast forward to mm-hmm. the playoffs in 1975. Mm-hmm. The Pacers were playing against the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. These are two teams that were in the ABA, moved over to the NBA. The two coaches, for the Pacers coach and the Spurs coach, really hated each other. Mm-hmm. And the Pacers coach wanted to do something about it. <laughs> So the Pacers created this whole theme called Hang 'em High for the series, which involved hanging a Spurs effigy from Market Square Arena rafters. They also hung a ladder so Spurs players would have to walk underneath it to get on the court. This was like a whole superstition theme that was going on. Love it. But they had to take it another step too far. Oh, of course. Someone on the stat or a step not far enough. (laughs) No, I think it was too far. Oh, okay. (laughs) Someone on the stat crew said to me, "Have you heard of this guy named Danson Harry?" (laughs) Word of mouth, man. Word. More people just scam it and get it the place in the world. Okay, so they found Danson Harry. Uh They flew him to Indiana, and the Pacers beat San Antonio. Of course they did. Now, the series afterwards Mm -hmm. was the one against the Denver Nuggets, Mm -hmm. and they won that conference final series against Denver, as we heard previously because the witch Roberta Witch couldn't do what she had to do. Because the only thing that can defeat the power of a witch is the power of dancing. You know what defeats the power of dancing? Uh, Bad music. Suspicion of drugs. Oh, no. (laughs) 
in the end, rumors swirled that Cooper was dealing drugs to players. <gasps> no! This, oh, but this doesn't surprise me. That was the heyday of the cocaine era. 70s and yeah. 80s were huge for cocaine in the They NBA. said it was marijuana. And it's oh, like okay. if he was just friends with Earl Monroe, who was a star player for the mm-hmm. Knicks at the time, it's definitely possible that he became friends with other people. Now, mm-hmm. Dennis Harry says that he didn't sell drugs. He said, let's put it this way. I didn't make any money, but if I'm a friend of a player, then back then when you could fly, you could put something like an ounce in a packet and have it on you, and that's usually all they asked for. Mm -hmm. So I guess he was just like a drugs person in the 70s, and they shared. But it's like, you want to blame the dude who has magic dancing powers. It's a very easy scapegoat to say, hey, that crazy dancing guy is the drug problem. But of course... The next season was 1976, which was the last season of the ABA before they folded in together with the NBA. Mm-hmm. And the NBA did not want Dancing Harry or Roberta the Rentowitch mm-hmm. anywhere near them. So they're like, please, no magic during our games. <laughs> please, please. And so to compensate, they decided that they would eventually have a team called the Washington Wizards and the Orlando Magic. Exactly. <laughs> In to o- appease the magic community. <laughs> In honor of Roberta the Red Witch and Dancing Harry, that's how the Washington Wizards got their name. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. Shoobs, this is all you ever wanted. This, this is, is amazing. I'm following the rules. I'm bringing you magic. This is You've brought me magic, and this is something I literally cannot believe actually happened. This and, actually happened. And to my team. I my know. team was involved. I'm so happy. When I first looked into this, and thank you again so much, Ariana Lenarski, mm-hmm. who did all this research, I just couldn't believe all this stuff happened. No. You always forget that there are, like, real people behind this ridiculous stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that we learned more about Dancing Harry, and we learned... I, I want to find Roberta. That's what I really want to know. You this find woman, Roberta, I'll find Dancing Harry. I mean, we know where he is. They did an interview with him in 2016. Oh, like, man. <laughs> he lives in Baltimore with his mom. Oh, like, okay. it's, it's Like, it's fine. Yeah. I, I need to know a bit more about Roberta. Mm-hmm. Just a woman who was living in Denver in 1975 and was like, I'm a witch. I'm a witch for hire. Yeah. <laughs> Rent a witch. Yeah. <laughs> and tubes. That actually happened. That actually happened. <laughs> Great. Thanks. So now it's time for our final segment, Three on Three, where we talk about three of the best things and three of the worst things of a given subject. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Three on three. Last time, we talked about the best team nicknames. Okay. This time, we're going to be talking about the best player nicknames. Okay, okay, okay. It was really hard because there's a lot of very good nicknames. So do you want me to start with the good ones or the bad ones? Oh, start with the good ones because the bad ones are going to be so bad. (laughs) Okay, so we'll start with the good ones. So it was really hard to pick just three of the best nicknames. There's a lot of really good ones out there. If you're a patron on Patreon, you can see our honorable mention write-ups. But here are the three that I went with. The third best nickname is of Jason Williams, whose nickname was White Chocolate. I love it. It's just one that stuck really well. A lot of people called him that. It was universally known and accepted. And my favorite part of it is when you try to look up how it started, every time someone talks about it, they don't just say the obvious, which is that he's a white dude, and you call him white chocolate, the NBA is predominantly black. 
It's right. fine. But every time someone goes on record to say how the nickname started, they try to talk about other things. And I just find <laughs> it very funny. So the nickname was started when Jason Williams was a rookie in Sacramento. The name was coined by Stephanie Shepard, who was a media relations assistant for the Kings. And Stephanie says, I came up with that name because of his style. He has flash and pizzazz. The way he does things with the ball is incredible to me. It reminds me of, like, schoolyard street ball when I go to Chicago. So okay. all this stuff not saying uh, he's a white boy that's good at basketball. <laughs> What's really funny about this, though, is Jason Williams has white boy tattooed on his knuckles. Oh, my God. Jason Williams. <laughs> good job. Good job, so buddy. you would think that the person would just be like, uh, I mean – I mean, everyone, I mean, I mean, everyone knows. All, all but even Jason Williams himself won't say it. He was on Area 21 with Kevin Garnett a couple years ago, and Kevin Garnett asked him about the nickname and specifically asked him, your nickname, White Chocolate, has some sort of racial undertone to it. Did that ever bother you? And Jason Williams basically does this weird non-answer where he's like, hey, when it's on the court, black, white, doesn't matter. I didn't pay attention to that. The nickname was given because of my style. It's, Okay, sure. <laughs> because nobody likes white chocolate. It's disgusting. It's not, it's not even chocolate. It's gross. Whatever it is, it is horrible. Just like the way that red velvet is, is like not mm-hmm. real. At least red velvet is still chocolate. No, white white, cho- no it's not. It's, I, oh, I it thought, was intentionally I, made because... I, I thought red velvet was literally just like chocolate and you put red food coloring in it. No, and you're like, no, no, it's no. different. Red, red velvet was because like during the war effort, because uh, everything fucking comes from the war uh, effort, gross. because they wanted to send chocolate to the troops. <laughs> That's why red velvet cupcakes are that because it's molasses. Oh. But in, to distinguish it, then they put red food coloring in it. Mm, okay. I really hope that's real. <laughs> if we're wrong, whatever. We're here to talk about basketball, that's not true. horrible desserts. This is my red velvet, <laughs> uh, my terrible desserts podcast within a podcast. <laughs> I want to say about white chocolate. I never knew his real name. You only knew him as white I chocolate. I only knew him as white chocolate because he was a good nickname when you don't know it. A lot of people don't know Magic Johnson's real name. Is it Irving? Irvin. Irvin? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I even got that wrong. Yeah. Well, he was playing when we were kids. So it's like my dad was just like, white chocolate. And I'm like, that's a person's name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, it could be. Horse is secretly a parenting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Parent- we talk about our moms a lot <laughs> and our childhoods. You know, my dad, Adam Silver. <laughs> your dad is Adam Silver. The just signed the contract. It's thing. true. My dad, has, my dad has a job Congrats for four more dad. years. There you go. So the second mystic name was for Larry Johnson, who, yes, he went by LJ, but he also went by Grandmama. Not Grandma, Grandmama. Tell me more, Shoops. Okay. <laughs> so calling him Grandmama is – it's. Basically, the equivalent of calling one of your buddies a nickname by the most embarrassing that they ever did. But the beauty of it is that LJ embraced it. So he starred in a series of commercials for Converse sneakers where he dressed up like a grandma. It was in the 90s. It was very Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know if they came out after. I would not be surprised if they came out after Mrs. Doubtfire had a lot of success. But the commercials had him very much like Tyler Perry Medea dressed up as a grandma in this big, long dress. And the point of these commercials was to say that, quote, my shoes are so light, even my grandma can ball in them. And then he would be playing his grandma, and then he would dunk on some fools, et cetera. The commercials got pretty successful, so people just more and more started calling him 
grandmama. And I just think it's so great because not only is it something that is not intimidating, but you look at Larry Johnson, who's a very intimidating man. Mm -hmm. He is huge and super muscular and was a force in the paint. And you're calling him grandmama. (laughs) And I just love that. To me, it seems like one of those things where people at first were like, oh, what's up, grandmama? Trying to make fun of his commercial. And then he just went, no, I am grandmama. This is who I am now. And I'm going to destroy you at basketball. (laughs) I'm thinking about the announcers who are using this. Like, grandmama flips him like a stack of pancakes. (laughs) I don't know how much popularity it had versus LJ, but everyone should have called him Grandmama and nothing else. Grandmama has a Werther's original for you in the paint. (laughs) I'm going to keep doing this. Please do. I'm going to think about this while you talk. Let it keep happening. You know, I'm going to do more (laughs) Grandmama jokes. So the best nickname that anyone has ever had in the NBA was our own. Not our own. (laughs) (laughs) Our very own. Horses very own. (laughs) The best nickname that anyone has ever had in the NBA is Charles Barkley, who had a plethora of nicknames, the best of which was the Round Mound of Rebound. I love it. Charles Barkley always had a bit of a weight issue, and he has much more of one now that he's not playing, but people always kind of poked fun at how big he was. He was still very good despite being overweight and not having the healthiest eating habits. He had a lot of nicknames based on his weight, such as Crisco Kid, Bread Truck, Love Boat, uh, wide load from Leeds, ton of fun, good time blimp, and his second favorite, Food World. Which, I don't know if that's a popular grocery store or whatever that doesn't exist anymore, but I just, Food World. That's a lazy nickname. I, oh, that makes me so sad. What else do you have to do other than being a professional athlete that you don't get called fat jokes? Like, what else do you have to do? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's the fact that not a lot of people in the NBA were fat. They were like, hey, look, it's the fat one, which is not okay. uh, It's not cool uh, by any means. That's why the round mound of rebound is better, because at least it talks about something he's good at, rebounding. rebounding. (laughs) Still calls him round, though. To whoever came up with its defense, Charles Barkley did say that it is his favorite nickname that he's ever been given. There is a great YouTube video where it has him listing all of the nicknames that I just said. And then at the very end, he says, but my favorite, the round mound of rebound. (laughs) (laughs) That is a very bad Charles Barkley impression. I mean, well, because when he talked, he didn't do the whole, oh, that's terrible, Kenny. When he was a player, he was more articulate (laughs) with his words. Now he's just like, no, let me tell you about the golden kid. That's terrible, Kenny. (laughs) Okay, that, that was pretty good. I did like that one. <laughs> Calling him the round mound of rebound is great. It rhymes. It's obnoxiously long. It's kind of a bit of a tongue twister. It compliments him and insults him in the same phrase. It's perfect. I like any nickname that's longer than your actual name. Yes. And I also <laughs> want to represent, God, I can't believe, I'm sympathizing with Charles Barkley right now. That sucks. I don't know. That just sucks. But again, going back to the grandmama thing, he embraced it. He went with it. Sure. He never shied away from the fact that he was big. And honestly, he used his weight to his advantage. He was a bit of a shorter player. I think he was only 6'8", but he played power forward, which is usually for people that are 6'10", 6'9", 6'10", being close to 7 foot. And he was better than a lot of people that were taller than him. So he used the weight to his advantage, and I think he used the nickname to his advantage. So those are my three best nicknames. I like them. I like them. Are you ready for the three worst? Um, hold, wait. I have one more. I have another grandma bot joke. Okay, okay <laughs> let it happen. Um, Grandmama crosses you up like you're knitting. Nice. There, there it is. is. Crosses you up like she's stitching. Cross stitch joke. Cross stitch. 
<laughs> so the third worst nickname in the history of the NBA is the Mailman by Carl Malone. Now uh, the Mailman is a it's a decent nickname. It started when he was in college. They called him the Mailman because he always delivered. Of course. Also, there was the joke that he was a post player, post mail. There's some crossover. That's true. It's stuck throughout the rest of his career. Now the the reason that I put it in the bottom is not because it's a bad nickname. It's fine. I like that it's not just what we have nowadays, where everyone's nickname is just their initials or something based on their number or something. Yeah. I like that it's at least something different. But here's why I put it number three. In 1997, it was the NBA Finals. It is game one. The Bulls are playing the Utah Jazz. The Mm -hmm. Bulls are the Jazz's worst enemy in terms of trying to get the NBA Finals. They were the reason the Jazz never won a title. It's game one. It's a tie game. And Karl Malone is at the free throw line. And it is the fourth quarter. There's only about 40 seconds left. It's a very important time for Karl Malone to make two free throws. While he is dribbling the ball, Scottie Pippen walks up to Carl Malone and says, Just remember, the mailman doesn't deliver on Sundays, Carl. It was a Sunday when this game took place. He missed both free throws. Michael Jordan made a game winner. The Bulls won the game and then the rest of the series. I'm hurt. Like, that hurt me. <laughs> These nicknames are hurting me more than I'm enjoying them. I mean, it's a good nickname, but amazing trash talk by Scotty Pippen. That's very good. Amazing. Thank goodness that game happened on a Sunday. The stars aligned to let that happen, and the fact that Scotty Pippen realized this and then used it, and then it worked? Yeah. Incredible. That's and very good. that alone makes it one of the worst nicknames just because it came to bite him in the butt. That's true. If you can take a nickname and it then becomes a weapon to be used against you, mm-hmm. that's... Uh, I feel bad for the person who gave him the nickname in the first place. Like, oh, man, you know, Carl Malone was my friend in college. <laughs> and Always like, delivers. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Star of Space Jam, Michael Jordan just beat my friend from college. <laughs> you got to make sure your nickname is not something that can be twisted because then you get into these situations. My nickname is just my name. <laughs> That's not a nickname. This is your name. Yeah, but it's my full name. <laughs> so you're saying your Eric, name is Eric, Eric, Eric Silver, Silver. Silver. Yes, exactly. So that no one can turn it against me. <laughs> Okay, so the second worst nickname of all time is The Black Mamba by Kobe Bryant. Uh, The main reason that this falls into this category of worst is that he gave the nickname to himself, which is the number one faux pas against nicknames. Uh, A key principle of a nickname, someone else has to give it to you. It always sounds lame when someone gives a name to themselves. It never sticks, like Kevin Durant trying to call himself the servant and that not sticking at all. Oh, he did that? I hate that. Mm -hmm. But this also makes sense because Kobe Bryant... Doesn't have any friends. He does not. He has no friends at all. He's a friendless man. Yeah. There's a bigger reason why this sucks. So the Black Mamba started after 2003. In 2003, Kobe Bryant had a sexual assault case with a 19-year-old woman in Colorado. Yeah. And through what is probably just a giant settlement where he just paid lots of money, it kind of went away, so to speak. I think if this is something that would have happened in not 2003, but currently he would have been much more reprimanded than he actually was, but he was one of the biggest stars in the league at the time, and that always kind of complicates when these sort of things happen, unfortunately. On the other hand, Jameis Winston just only got a three-game suspension from the NFL, so really, who knows? Yeah, it is a problem when people are good at a sport and then do something really bad. Yeah. They want the tendencies to not punish them as much as it should be, and it sucks. So when this happened, a lot of fans were yelling at him for good reason. And Kobe Bryant, in his documentary Muse, said, I hear everything that the crowd is saying. I hear it. 
A lot, of, a lot of people in the crowds during this time would make fun of him, chant mean things at him. Brian acknowledged that he would hear everything that the crowd is saying. And in a documentary, he said, it's like this place where it was my refuge is now being is now being bombarded with all kinds of things they would say. I had to separate myself, Kobe explains. It felt like there were so many things coming at once. It was just becoming very, very confusing. I had to organize things, so I created the Black Mamba. So what he's saying is... He created this nickname to be an alter ego so that when he's on the court, he's the Black Mamba, which is a snake, a deadly snake, and he's just all business and he just viciously attacks his opponents, blah, blah, blah. But this is how he responds to having backlash for sexually assaulting someone is, oh, I'm going to make a nickname and that's going to solve my problems. Uh, No, maybe apologize or do some goodwill or do something to try to heal your image. Not just, oh, I'm going to make up a nickname that's really vicious and then my personal life and my basketball persona will be separate. Uh, It seems it's such a childish approach, a childish approach to a problem. I didn't know that. I had never connected the two. I didn't realize that until I did the deep dive on this. I just thought it was a dumb nickname because he gave it to himself. And then when I looked into this, I was like, oh, it's way more problematic, actually. That makes sense for, like, terrible men not apologizing. You are separating the talent or the, the art in so many other cases that we've been talking about in 2018. You are separating the man from the product. Mm-hmm. So he's literally trying to do that themselves in a 2003 way. Mm-hmm. I am the product is basketball and the man, Kobe Bryant. Please leave both Kobe Bryant and the Black Mamba alone. And that fucking... The fact that he did this as a PR play just makes it even grosser. Yeah. And the fact that, like, I didn't know that. People have been calling him the Black Mamba for years. He did it. Like, it is so pervasive. And now he has a fucking Oscar. Yeah. Like... Fuck you, Kobe Bryant, and mm-hmm. your whack-ass nickname. Jesus. Yeah. Let's go to the next yeah. one. The I'm, next I'm one. pissed. So the next one is more silly, but still a little problematic. It is by Shaquille O'Neal. Now, Shaquille O'Neal was famous for giving himself nicknames just to go with a few. The first was Shaq, short for Shaquille O'Neal. Totally fine. Great. Then called himself Superman because he was obsessed with Superman himself. Sure, fine. Then he called himself Diesel, which is to suggest that he had the power and endurance of a diesel engine. Uh, I did like that one. That one was pretty good. <laughs> Diesel was good. Uh, called himself MDE, which stood for most dominant ever. He then changed it to LCL, which was last center left, saying that he was the last true center left in the NBA. Eventually called himself Wilt Chamberneasy, which I guess was in the height of Snoop Dogg era. Um, <laughs> Then he had this big kick where he called himself the Big Something, so it started with the Big Aristotle. The Big Aristotle is extremely good, though. Yes, that one is good. But then there's the Big Felon, the Big Sidekick, the Big Cactus when he played in Phoenix. Right. Not as good. Then there were two problematic ones. The first one, the Big Deporter, which he got in 2000 after he eliminated Arvidas Sabonis and Rick Smits from their respective teams in the playoffs. They're both European players. They never played again. He called himself the Big Deporter. Didn't really stick. Another one that didn't stick, 2002, called himself Osama Bin Shaq, which he gave himself in 2002 (laughs) because he, quote, terrorized Keith Van Horn under the boards. Not, this is a year removed from 9-11. This is not okay. Was it, but that, God, like that's the only way some people can deal with massive tragedy, right? Was there was a whole Turned thing from like to from two thousand one to two thousand five, where it was just like jokes about the Taliban and Osama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like he, a lot of flash videos and internet yeah. meme type things going around. I'm stunned. You have stunned. <laughs> you have stunned me. Osama bin Shaq. And so, Osama it, bin it's Shaq. real. That really happened. <laughs> that that re- wow. That nickname really happened. Wow, that really happened. Yeah, um, I don't believe anything that Shaq says is like 
true. And it's not that the things that he says isn't buck wild and ridiculous because mm-hmm. that is, but it's like he did Shaq Fu. Everything seems tongue in cheek. Yeah, there was the whole yeah. thing where he said he agreed with Kyrie Irving that the Earth is flat, and then he said, "I was just kidding." Now we don't, we cannot know for sure if he was kidding or not. But it wouldn't put me past Shaq, the star of Kazam, Kazam. <laughs> <laughs> to true. do something tongue in cheek or as a joke. Bit of a touchy thing with Osama bin Shaq, but hey, we got Osama in the end, so I guess it's all right. <laughs> God, oh my God, uh, Mike, if you were the size of Shaquille O'Neal, mm-hmm. what random stuff would you do on a regular basis? Oh man, what I would do, I would go into a pizza restaurant, uh-huh. maybe a Pizza Hut or a Domino's. You just called both of those pizza restaurants. Yeah. That is high praise. <laughs> it was, well, if I'm the size of Shaq, I let's would, go to. Father Jonathan's Pizza Restaurant. <laughs> exactly. I would go in and be like, hello, I am Eric Silver, also known as Shaq. Um, <laughs> I like that in this world, your nickname is still Shaq. My nickname is still Shaq. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I ordered a pizza and you did not bring me my pizza. And they'd be like, sir, I don't have your order. I'd be like, no, I'm pretty sure that it was a pizza. You would just intimidate yourself and intimidate people into giving you free food. Yes. No, free pizza from, <laughs> from Father Jonathan's. From Father Jonathan's yeah, Pizza that's what Restaurant. I <laughs> Father Jonathan's Pizza Restaurant. Hello, my name is Shaquille O'Neal. Hello, my name is Shaq. My name is Eric Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> Silver. Yeah, exactly. Please, can I have my pizza from your pizza restaurant? That's what I would do. I don't know if I would do anything. I would probably just like jaywalk in more defiance because if someone well, if someone hit me, it's like it's probably going to do more damage to your car <laughs> if I'm seven foot two, three hundred pounds, like Shaquille O'Neal is. That's very good. I would back down the taxi. Yeah, I just stare at them and be I, like, I, I, I'm sorry. I call for the ball on the post while backing down the taxi. <laughs> Post up the car. Exactly. Oh, man. Thanks for listening to Horace. Horace is hosted by Mike Schubert and Eric Silver. It is edited by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The theme song is by Bettina Campomanes. The art is by Allison Wakeman. And the web design is by Kelly Beckman. You can find us on all of the social medias at Horse Hoops. On Twitter is the only one that's a little different. It's Horse underscore Hoops. Because, because Horse Hoops, hoops was, was banned. banned. <laughs> no, they were banned. They were banned. They did but too much Someone got on Horse Hoops, did some shit, and you can't have Horse Hoops anymore. <laughs> so when you're trying to remember, just remember, Horse Hoops was banned. We are Horse underscore Hoops. But you can find us on Facebook at, at Horse Hoops. You can find us on Instagram at Horse Hoops. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Horse Hoops. And you can find us at our website, horsehoops.com. We are also a part of Multitude, mm-hmm. which we do cool audio stuff with our audio friends. Mike and I do other podcasts because we just can't get enough of talking to a lot of people on a microphone. Just love talking to a microphone and realizing that it's thousands of people on the other end after I painstakingly edit out me saying like an um a lot. Got him. <laughs> the other shows are Spirits Potterless, which is the show that Mike does. Join the Party, which is the show that I do. And Waystation, which is a show that neither of us are on. Nope. But you can check out more information about Multitude at multitude.productions. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, that would be great. And as we close out every episode of Horse, put our hands in the middle. All right. And... We're going to say team on three. No, come on. It's got to be something more fun. What? We got to get the basic ones out of the way. <sighs> okay. Um, Wildcats on three. Yeah, there we go. There I love High School Musical. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three. Wildcats. Wildcats.